This episode of The Canadian Expat was originally produced on video for YouTube. To watch the video, go to YouTube and search for Canadian Expat. Welcome back to The Canadian Expat, where we continue on our journey speaking with Canadians that are living abroad so that we might gain a little bit of inspiration, obtain a bit of advice, and perhaps hear a few cautionary tales. Today, we go to the UK. Not surprisingly, the UK is home to significant number of Canadian expats, about 75,000. Why so many in the UK? Well, clearly a common language is a contributing factor, but with Canada being a product of, in part, being part of the Commonwealth, and yes, I use that term with due caution, there is no question that there's a kind of familiarity with the country, or at least we feel that there should be. Often, however, Canadians moving to the UK can be surprised not by how similar we are, but rather how different it can be. My next guest is Marion Hutchins. Originally from Calgary, she moved to the UK in 2012. She finds herself in Reading, UK, a town of about a quarter of a million people located about 65 kilometers west of London. Marion, welcome to the Canadian Expat. Thank you. I'm delighted that you're joining us today. And I'm, I'm wondering if you've heard, well, of course, you heard in that uh, the introduction about how you know, Canada and the UK can be surprisingly different. Have you experienced anything like that? Definitely. So one of the biggest mistakes I made is I thought moving from an English-speaking country to an English-speaking country would, you know, come with a minimal amount of culture shock. Um, and actually, I think because I had, um, you know, I didn't expect there to be much culture shock, I struggled with it more. And I think there's some research around um, students particularly that go from, you know, quite collectivist cultures to individualistic cultures and how actually when you're prepared for a change, you cope much, much more effectively than when you're not prepared for a change. So all that to say that actually I found it really reinforced for me some of the lovely qualities about Canadians that are definitely present in the UK in individuals and in pockets, but not so much as a um, broad cultural underpinning. So things like openness, uh, friendliness, um, getting to know people quite easily, that idea of kind of sharing of yourself um, quite freely. Um, those were things that I found a bit um, less um, prevalent in the UK. But I should say that maybe because I'm in a commuter pocket into London and typically big cities and commuter pockets into those cities can be a bit more focused on just getting on with life, getting your job done, getting to and from work and that kind of thing. It, it's interesting, but you, clearly you've adjusted now. You've been there for a few years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and um, it's amazing how you you don't notice the change until all of a sudden 
you're the one sitting on a train, not wanting to talk. Uh, when I first got here, I remember, you know, waiting for the bus or something in Calgary. And um, generally, you know, you'd say good morning to the person at the bus stop with you. And you might have a, a little chat with somebody on the bus. And I remember one of my first kind of walks into work, um, adopting quite a typical Canadian morning, you know, as I was walking to work and getting some really weird looks and some kind of oh, morning, you know. So it took me a little while to get used to that. Um, but now I think, yes, I've, I've adjusted. And I've also found there are, again, pockets of of loveliness across the UK. So I've uh, I've connected better, I think, with people that have a similar um, uh, outlook on life and approach and, and that kind of thing. So I've, I've done a better job at kind of finding my my uh, my tribe. What about things from home? Is there anything in, in from Canada that you're missing while you're in the UK? All sorts of stuff. It's really weird. Like, so one of the things I miss a lot is like a Costco, like a really good, they have Costco here, but the idea of going to a big supermarket where you can get everything in one go, load up for a couple weeks and that's your shopping done. Um, I really miss that kind of stuff. And initially when I first moved to the UK, I didn't have a car. So um, it meant, bus trips it meant smaller shopping trips um this is another really strange thing that you wouldn't necessarily uh think is typically canadian but we're in calgary we have a really strong um asian community so lots of chinese representation lots of japanese representation and the food is really excellent in calgary so you get this wonderfully authentic fabulous chinese and japanese food uh, and so when I came to Reading, which is, is a smaller um, town in the UK, uh, I really miss sushi. I really miss finding a good place that did sushi. So it's it's odd the things that you think, oh, I just took for granted that, that this was available everywhere, you know. But getting adjusted, I know that you've alluded to this when we corresponded mm -hmm. before, but mm -hmm. connecting with other expats can be mm. of a benefit. Can you expand a little bit on that advice that you gave? Absolutely. So I think in the early days, it was needing to have somebody that could normalize my experience and relate to it. Um, I found it difficult. In the, in the job I came into in particular, I was one of the younger um, individuals there. So lots of people understandably had their routines established, had you know um, either adult children or, or were in sort of a different stage of life. So and it couldn't particularly relate maybe to, to my experience. Um, so I um, joined an organization called Internations, which is online, but they also have lots of in-person um, meetups and, and drinks nights and things like that. And so I met lots of lovely people from all over the place, in, including some Canadians and Americans um, who just kind of got what I was saying and understood and could relate to things one of the weird things, again, I've completely forgotten about it because I've become accustomed to it, is they don't have a lot of mixer taps over here. So instead of turning on a single tap and getting warm water to wash your hands, you get scalding or you get freezing. And then the idea is that you is you you mix it in the sink together or do something like this. I'm not sure. But, you know, little things like that. So just having someone to say, like, you know, what's up with the mixer taps situation? It's just nice having someone who could relate to me on that level. Uh, what about other maybe Canadian groups? I know that London has a, a Canadian expat group. Um, there's also the, mm -hmm. of course, the Canadian Chamber of Commerce for those that are in business. Mm -hmm. Have you sought out any of those in Reading or are there any of those organizations? 
There isn't a big Canadian contingent in Reading, which I um, I do miss, and I would really like like something to sort of develop here. Um, and because Reading is a little bit of a high, not not a major inconvenience, but because I live and work in Reading, a lot of the um, expat activities in London can be after work, so it's a bit difficult to kind of get in and back for an evening. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, though, I have been to a few, and they've been lovely. Um, and I actually have a, a nice little story. So the the boyfriend that I'm with now, um, our first date was were, were the Canada Day celebrations at Trafalgar Square. So he we'd been friends and we'd worked in the same building and um, you know we're kind of seeing how we were getting on. And I said to him, "Do you want to come with me and some friends to to Canada Day celebrations?" And he came along and he wore I had like a little headband that had Canada flags on it, and he proudly put that on and and did all sorts of fun stuff with us. And so. Um, so I have, if I can, I definitely take part in, in Canadian activities in London. But I would like to, yeah, it'd definitely be nice to have a, a bigger Canadian community in Reading, I think. Maybe there's an opportunity for you to start one. Yeah, potentially. Mm, That'd be fun. Now, I'm dying to find out the story mm. behind you, a BBC crew, and oh, yeah. a London hospital. Oh, yeah, that was what's quite fun. The, what's so, the story? Um when I first came to Reading, I one of my first sort of jobs in my field, which is marketing and communications, was working for the Imperial College Healthcare NHS Trust, and that's in London. It's it's made up of a, a series of hospitals, um, but the hospital I was based at was St Mary's, which is just around the corner from Paddington Station. Um, and I was looking after publications and various kind of one-off projects that might might occur. Um, but part of my time there involved helping to supervise a BBC crew that were filming parts of the hospital and the ER um, for a, a series that they were doing on BBC about um, hospitals in Britain. Um, so that meant getting all kitted out with the uh, with the you know the um, the hat and everything to contain your hair to in the scrubs, all that kind of stuff. And, and following them around. And luckily on that day, I think we didn't really have anything too serious that came in. There were a few cuts and scrapes and some sort of minor injuries. Um, but thankfully on the day I was, I was there, you know, generally Londoners were quite, quite lucky and nothing significant had, had happened. But it, it gave you a lot of insight into what's going on in hospitals in the NHS on a regular basis. Um, and you know, again, I was, I was getting a view that I, under no other circumstances would I get hopefully. Um, so that was quite interesting and it made me really appreciate as well, universal healthcare, um, which, you know, Canada and, and, and the UK have in common in just thinking, gosh, how lucky we are to have that. Well, on the kind of vein of, of work, um, mm. I know there's a lot of talk about, you know, Brexit and the upcoming <clears throat> catastrophe that could ensue. Yeah. What are you anticipating from a Canadian perspective as a, as a foreigner working in the UK? Um, so I have a few concerns. Um, one of them is I'm on a UK ancestry visa, so I don't have indefinite leave to remain and I'm not a permanent resident at the moment. Um, so one of the things I need to do is in the next couple of years um, transition, at least apply for indefinite leave to remain and look at that process. And I do think that's probably going to be a longer process and perhaps more complicated because of what's going on with Brexit. Um, 
From a work perspective, I work uh, in the public sector. I work for a charity that supports universities um, with consultancy services and procurement services. So universities, of course, are are struggling a lot of their, um, whether we know it or not, a lot of what we use every day, the intellectual uh, resource as well as the tangible resource comes from uh, either another area or there's there's part of European Union involvement in delivering that service product or intellectual um, uh, knowledge. So universities will struggle absolutely with Brexit and so we'll have to see kind of how that impacts my organization as a whole. Um, but it's certainly something I'm worried about and, and consider. Not, not something that, that's really weighing heavily but something I'm aware of. Well, we wish you luck with that. Of course, Back mm. here, there's limited information about what could possibly happen, really, uh, mm. once breakfast, uh, Brexit uh, happens, right? Um, we hear a, a great deal about the, the process, of course, and uh, the failure to get things passed in the UK Parliament, mm. but very little about what could possibly happen, although there seems to be a lot of fear-mongering that is going on as well. And I think that's the challenge, is that people don't have a clear idea of when things are going to happen. So this Article 50 extension has taken us into October uh, of this year, but whether or not decisions will be made before that, it's, that's looking unlikely. Um, but, but what's going to happen after that point is is really sort of dependent on, on some of the activity of the new prime minister. And of course, we don't know who that is yet. Um, so there's a, lot, there's a lot that's up in the air. So I, my approach to it is, you know, it's, Right now, it's beyond my sphere of, of influence. I can make some decisions about how I choose to live my life on a daily basis and what I can do to positively impact myself and others. Um, but there's, you know, in terms of kind of worrying too about things too far down the road, I'm, I try not to do that too much. Thank you very much. I don't want to take up a great deal of your time. Uh, it's fantastic that you've taken the, the time to come in and see us. My pleasure. It's been really interesting. I really enjoyed it. And thank you very much for watching the video. If you enjoyed what you've been watching, hit the like button, subscribe if you haven't already, and please comment below if you'd like to participate in one of these conversations. Until next time.